Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello and greetings. Welcome back to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast, uh, podcast number 79. I am your host today, Vince Travato, joined here on the set by the great man himself, Mr. Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you today? Uh, doing great. And also, we might get a surprise um, surprise co-host visit from either Craig or Chad. Probably not both, but maybe one or the other. That'd be great. Always love to have those guys on the set and uh, talking some baseball here on another uh, beautiful Sunday. I don't know what the weather's like out by you in Vegas, Scott, but uh, I can tell you that out here in Washington, it is hot. And uh, But lots of good baseball out here this weekend. Uh, got to see some good pitching matchups and went to two of the three games in the National Dodgers series. But, um, of course, was paying more uh, and closer attention to the uh, Brewers and Cubs uh, series back at Miller Park. Um, so why don't we start with that? And um, it looks like the Brewers are going to, to win two of the three games that could take the series against the Cubs. Um, really exciting game uh, yesterday, Saturday, uh, with a walk-off from Keston Hira, who has just continued to impress during his uh, relatively brief amount of time here in the big leagues. Um, Scott, why don't you walk us through the, the last couple of games, uh, uh, including the two wins and the loss here against the Cubs in the three-game set at Miller Park. All right, sure. So, well, we, I don't even want to talk about Sunday because, I don't know, Kyle Schwarber learned how to hit again, I guess. So that's, we'll just leave it at that. But um, <laughs> so um, Friday's game, and actually, um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of offense, I guess, in this series other than, you know, on, on Sunday. But um, looking at Friday's game, we were down to zip and uh, – Suddenly, we just decided to scratch and claw and get some runs and uh, wound up coming back for a pretty nice uh, 3-2 win. Uh, ben Gamble uh, did some great things, as usual. And then, oh, the theatrics of uh, Saturday's game. Boy, if you went to Saturday's game, you saw a great one. What do you, uh, Just a great game. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a really exciting game. I think that you or one of your interns put it up on Twitter – as being the most exciting game of the 2018 season. Is that how you would uh, classify it upon further reflection here? Um, well, maybe 2019, but yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez, I don't uh, even know what it is right now, Scott. Uh, sorry, no, 20, 2019 season. <laughs> I mean, there were some really – there have been some great games. I mean, um, you could argue that there were two games better than that in the um, uh, in the – first series of the year against the Cardinals. You could, you could make that argument too, but it was definitely up there. It was a great game. Um, wound up uh, coming back and uh, uh, tying up the game in the eighth and then wound up going to extra innings. The Cubs got a run, but it didn't really matter because Yelich tied it up in the bottom of the 10th with a awesome home run. And then Keston Hira with an opposite yep. laser beam walk off. Um, just a, just an awesome. Just incredible. And let's let's maybe get away from just uh, that game for a second here. Uh, you know, there's been some talk about you know Keston here. Obviously, we knew that he was a highly rated, highly ranked prospect coming up through the system. Um, but I mean, his his time here in Milwaukee so far has been incredible. Do you think? And maybe you could have the intern look up his numbers here. But do you think that he is uh, a legitimate contender for the National League Rookie of the Year at this point? I know there's been a lot of talk of, uh, and rightfully so, for Fernando Tatis Jr. in San Diego, but. 
Do you think that Keston here is in that conversation? Uh, I think he's played 34, 35 games now um, up at the big leagues and been very impressive the entire time. Um, I hate to say it, but I, I really don't. Um, I, I just don't think he's going to wind up having enough games under his belt uh, to be able to warrant it. But, um, I mean, for what it's worth, in the last month, uh, he's hitting 370. So, um, right, with, right. Uh, yeah, six home runs at a 442 on base. And he's actually, um, in the last month, he's actually just barely out OPSing Christian Yelich. So, um, yeah, just absolutely phenomenal. And also, Vince, um, I think we might have a, a special guest here today. Oh, who's on the set? Hello. Is this oh, Craig? Hello. Hey, Craig. Oh, hello. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. Welcome to the Brew Crew Review yeah. Podcast. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, I did hear Scott's question about Kestian. Uh, whether or not he's Rookie of the Year candidate, or, or your question, I guess, Vince. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Scott. He probably doesn't have enough games. He yeah. won't have enough games to really probably be one of the finalists. But perhaps if the Brewers didn't inexplicably send him down for a month, uh, he could be. But I guess it could also be leading the NL Central then if that were the case. So not sure exactly what they were thinking, but time to move forward. So I know the yeah, Brewers I, uh, – I was just gonna say I don't I don't uh, I don't think he's gonna win it either unfortunately unless unless there's an injury to a top tier guy like a, you know a Tatis or something but um, yeah I think you guys are right at this point he just isn't gonna get the at bats or the games played um, but I think his numbers are actually gonna make him at least a little part of that conversation I think he is gonna finish in the top five in voting uh, for the rookie of the year but um, you know maybe not but I, I I would put him in the top five for sure uh, in that discussion. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if they, um, I don't know. Maybe if they batted him more near the top of the order and they get a lot more at bats. But uh, to be honest, I, I still see him slated. Um, actually, probably between Yelich and Wustakis or Yelich and Grandal, um, just to be able to, you know, kind of stagger those righties and lefties. Yeah, I don't, th- and they're not going to change the lineup based on you know getting him more at bats for the rookie of the year or something, but. Um, I just think he's kind of he's, he's too valuable where he's at right now too. So I, I think that's probably going to be the uh, the consideration that they use. But certainly interesting topic. But uh, maybe to get back to the game here, uh, the games this, this weekend. Um, I went on Friday night too. This puts the Brewers' uh, win total at what fifty five games at this point. Yeah, that sounds about right. Probably. I don't know. Our interns <laughs> don't do anything anymore. Well, here we can have the in- intern look this up. Uh, Brewers are 56 and 50 uh, going into play here on Sunday, so they're going to be 56 and 51 after today's game. Um, five games over 500. We're going to be, depending on the Cardinals game today, they're one or two games back. So, do you think that this means that the Brewers have answered uh, the question that we posed in the last couple of podcasts definitively? Are we going to be buyers at the deadline? Are we going to be sellers at the deadline? Or do you think that David Stern stands pat here at the deadline this week? I could definitely tell you what I think, but um, (laughs) I guess what I'm guessing is, first of all, at this point, um, if you're taking Keston here off the table, which which I am, um, unless you're willing to move one of our actual major league regular starters like 
Moustakas or Grandal, um, unless you're looking of doing doing that, probably not going to have like we don't have enough really in the minors to get a, a top tier uh, target in the in the in a trade. So I, I'm not really sure what options we really have unless we're looking to maybe take like a pending free agent that's pitching okay with a bloated salary and giving up next to nothing. Like I kind of see something like that. Um, nothing top tier, like third tier, fourth tier, something like that. Yeah, I think, I think you may be onto something with that. Although I will just say that David Stearns has proven to be fairly creative uh, in his deadline approaches. Um, you know, the last couple of seasons, especially last year in 2018, I, I don't know that, um, I don't know. I don't think we're going to make a ton of moves at the deadline. I think that the injuries, you know, have decimated the starting rotation, obviously. So I think we're going to be forced into getting at least another arm or two um, for the rotation. Certainly we could use another bullpen piece. Um, but, you know, how that plays out, I don't know. So you might be right. Maybe it's going to be a, a lower tier starting pitcher. Um, I'll also just say generally, I think that the, that the, you know, the kind of the new format where there's only the one trade deadline and with more teams being in it, I, I just don't think we're going to see the same uh, level of, of activity generally around baseball this year that we've seen in seasons past either. I would think with only one trade deadline, wouldn't there be more activity? I mean, we debated this on the podcast yeah, a few weeks ago, Craig. I, I really don't think so. And the reason being, I think that there's more teams that consider themselves to be in it. Uh, teams like the Giants, you know, and maybe they'll end up being sellers uh, anyways this week. But a team like that that, you know, has kind of played their way back into contention, but I think everyone looks at as being – you know, not really a, a quality enough team to be in the playoffs. I think that they they are a team that here as we sit July 31st, they're still t- they're still in it. You know, very much so. Um, I think that if the deadline was August 31st, you would see you know they would have probably played back to their means a little bit more, and they would have been out of it by that point, and then would have been sellers. But um, yeah, and I think there's other teams like that too. I think you could say the same for a team like the Angels or maybe even the Rangers. Uh, you know, teams like that. So I, that's just my guess. Obviously, we'll see. This is the first time, so nobody really knows what's going to happen this year. But so far, well, I think there's at least there there's a pretty least limited to, activity. I think there's at least ten to twelve for sure sellers at this point. Even if there's teams on the fringe like the Giants, or even you put the Diamondbacks in there as uh, people that are kind of hanging around the fringes of the, the playoff race. But I, I think they have to make that determination in the next forty-eight plus hours uh, whether or not they want to move their pieces, but I would think it being a seller's market, so to speak, that it, those teams would be highly motivated to hold their top players that are available for trades to kind of a king ransom, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, you would think that there'd be some, some activity. So, so we shall see, but the answer Scott, there, uh, the question that you posed, um, I, I kind of stand by what I think I said on the last podcast. I think it'll be, we'll add a non- difference-making starting pitcher, especially now, out of desperation. I mean, uh, if we don't yeah. make a trade, if we don't make a trade, I guess I'll quickly ask you guys this. Uh, well, I'll throw it out that I also think that we'll add a nondescript uh, bullpen piece, too, and not a difference-making one. So, again, that's not very exciting, but I think that's what's going to happen. There's been some rumors that we might trade Moose or Grandal actually flipping for a starting pitcher. I don't think that would happen. I think that that's going to weaken the team overall just to fill a hole. Yep. I think we'd probably just go with internal candidates. So with that being said, um, we really only have like two and a half healthy starting pitchers at this point with 
Davies has been pretty terrible of late. Um, Chase Anderson, who's very average, I would say, at this point, and uh, somewhat hurt Gio Gonzalez. He hopefully will be back to health, but that's going to be touch and go forward. So you're looking to have two, possibly three rotation spots to fill immediately. I mean, Chastain's going to be out for a while. Woodruff's going to be out for over a month. Um, yep. Yep. Who, who, who are you, if we go internally, who, who's even going to take the ball coming up here on our next? I don't even know who's going to take the ball on Tuesday if that's even been announced. That's yeah, I think, I think Jimmy Nelson just made a rehab start in San Antonio or a rehab appearance. I think it came out of the bullpen, actually. I don't know if he would be a candidate to jump back into the rotation again, but uh, you know, I'd be pretty hesitant to count on Jimmy for much this year, as we've seen the results weren't there. He's obviously been. You know, the long slog coming back from his uh, pretty devastating injury in 2017. Um, so I don't really think that we could count on him, but I could see him being used in a pinch if need be. Uh, I, I guess we've seen Adrian Hauser make some starts. Uh, not ideal. I think he's, you know, a, a good pitcher, but one that's definitely better suited for the bullpen, um, as he's proven when he does make starts. Um I mean, we still have guys in our system like Aaron Wilkerson that we've used in the past. But, yeah, none of those are ideal options, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I guess so I, I, this time last year we were looking at, you know, occasionally doing a, a bullpen game because our bullpen was right. unbelievably strong. Um, but now that we don't have a strong bullpen, a bullpen game seems kind of like waving the white flag. <laughs> right. It's not, not, a, not the same bullpen as last year, obviously. Um, yeah, no, and then that's exactly right, Scott. I think, I think you know, we're – we're going to have to see some – I guess the one guy that, that I didn't mention was Shelby Miller, um, who did just make another start uh, in the minor league. So he's a guy who's got some, you know, some experience uh, as a starting pitcher. has had some success, but it was, you know, several seasons ago at this point. So he would be another well, name to throw out there as a possibility. Fortunately, we had signed Drew Smiley to a minor league contract. They opted out and signed out with the Phillies, and now he's part of their rotation that's battling us for a potential wild card spot. So that's too bad. What about, uh, you know, out of desperation, would you consider another player that was just optioned, uh, someone like uh, Matt Harvey from the Angels, who I would think mm. are out of it at this point and uh, looking to just give yeah. whatever for him? Um, I think I'm, they just released I think they just released him. I, I don't even think he was DFA'd. I think he was just flat out released a couple of days ago, wasn't he? Or did I miss that? Uh, I, I'm not sure if I read it correctly if it was a flat release or whatnot, but uh, I, I know yeah, he's going to be either way. available. Yeah, definitely yeah, available. I, mean, I, you know, that's that's a name that we heard a lot last year. It seemed like um, at the deadline or around this time, he was, uh, I think, eventually um, picked up by Cincinnati, and then there was some talk even that after the Reds acquired him, that they might flip him at the August 31st deadline. Um, that didn't happen. He signed with the Angels in the offseason. You know, his results just haven't been there. Um, for several years now, there is, there, you know, there's still always potential that a guy can turn it around. Um, certainly, it wouldn't take much to sign him. So signing a guy like that for depth never really hurts, in my opinion. You know, I'm of the opinion that you get as many guys like that as you, you know, can find, just because maybe one of them ends up working out, or in the event of two, three, four injuries, you're starting rotation. You've at least got a guy who's maybe maybe got a better chance of success in the rotation than somebody else we might throw out there. So yeah, I'd, I'd be for signing Matt Harvey at this point. If I would much from him. I mean, if he wasn't the purported clubhouse cancer that he may be, I mean, I would almost sign him on Monday and start him on Tuesday. To I mean, uh, yeah, maybe they the will. Are, <laughs> I mean, the Brewers are at that point in desperation. They could also make a move on Monday 
for a player and start whatever player they acquire on Tuesday too. You, you don't never know, but obviously every game is huge. We got two games set in Oakland coming up, and three games in Wrigley, which is going to be a huge series that we have to win, in my opinion. Um, I don't know the recap of this last week. I know that Scott and I, uh, I think we all did. We all predict that they'd go four and two this week. I'm not sure, but um, I know I did. And I so. unfortunately, we only went three and three. Uh, we just can't be dropping series at home to the Reds, and that's what happened this week. But obviously, a huge series win against the Cubs, but uh, with some awesome late inning heroics by the offense. But uh, still, kind of a treading water, so to speak. But the interesting thing to me is going into this season, we knew that the NL Central was going to come down to the wire between the Cubs, Brewers, and the Cardinals. And here we are at the trade deadline, and there's a virtual three-way tie for first place between those three teams that we knew right. coming in. So the weird thing about that is I'd say that all three teams have underachieved to quite a big extent, actually. And if any one of the teams had not underachieved, they'd probably be pulling around at division. So, I guess we're lucky to be where we are, and maybe the other teams feel the same way. But um, every game is going to be huge going down, and and uh, on the stretch, I know we got some big games against Cardinals coming up. But I mean, they were kind of just laying in the weeds most of the season, underachieving, hovering all around 500 below, and they still worried me. I know that their big signing, Paul Goldschmidt, was having a really off season, big time. But in the past month, or at least the last week, he's been on absolute fire. I think he's homered in like six straight games going into today or something like that. Uh, like that first guys. series of the year at Miller Park again. Jeez. Yeah. I already tied six homers, six straight games. I tied the Cardinals mark uh, held by McGuire and wow. uh, Matt Carpenter or something like that. So yeah, he's on fire and he's obviously carrying them uh, going this taping. I think they were in the first place. So um, uh, the Brewers have their work cut out for them, but I still think the path to the playoffs still is the best path for the Brewers obviously to win the, the division as they did last year. I know that some of the teams that are looking really strong, especially uh, uh, Vince's adopted team, the uh, Washington Nationals, I think they took care of business against the Dodgers today, and um, yep. they're looking real like to me. They, I feel like they're going to be a strong shoe-in for a wild card spot. So. What that really leaves is the two teams that don't win the NL Central between the uh, the three teams I mentioned, obviously, and possibly the Phillies fighting for that last spot uh, for the second wild card. And I, I really don't think that the those teams in the fringe, like the Giants and the um, and the uh, Diamondbacks, those teams are really going to make a make a play. So I think. Uh, the Brewers are still in pretty good position to be one of the few teams left pending for a couple of open playoff spots, but uh, we really just, I mean, our offense seems fine. It's just the pitching, the bullpen, everyone on the pitching staff, period, besides Josh Hader, concerns me at this point. Uh, I'm especially concerned with Jeremy Jeffers and almost think that he should be possibly moved out of the setup role until he gets his, kind of gets straightened out also, but I don't know if there's a good candidate in that spot. It might actually already For be all, all year. Jeffers, uh, yeah, yeah. well, Jeffers pitched in the sixth today, right? He, yeah, he did. Yeah, and and he gave up a big home run again in today's game against the Cubs. So it was a little deflating. I mean, the Brewers had been down, I think, it was seven nothing at one point to start off the game, and then ended up coming back and scoring, you know, three runs to make it seven three, and then right away again the next inning, then in the sixth, uh, the Cubs get their home run off of Jeffers to, to kind of put the game out of reach at that point. So. 
it, and it's the timing is, is bad um, because we saw him do it in a, in a key situation, um, as Craig pointed out, against the Reds at home in a game that we were winning um, to end up losing the game uh, against a you know division division rival a, a series and game that we ended up losing. But um, you know we've talked about it a number of times on the podcast. He really hasn't been right all year. I mean, you guys remember in spring training he reports and there's arm issues and fatigue and he had that time at the end of the season last year, even in that game 163 at Wrigley, where he just sort of had some issue and wasn't with the team all of a sudden. It, it, there's something going on with Jeffers, and I don't know what it is, but you know, his, his velocity has been down at times this year. Um, he's dealt with these arm ailments, and his results have just not been the same. His ERA is going to be over four now, uh, so it's really not the same Jeremy Jeffers that we saw post a you know, sub-two ERA last year, a key role coming out of the first bullpen. You know, the part that I think yeah. is really weird about this is that, um, you know, there's been this cloud of mystery around Jeremy Jeffers. Like, we don't know, do he have some kind of, like, injury? Was it some kind of, like, mental thing? Could it be, like, I don't know, dealing with personal issues? Like, it could have been, like, any number of things. But whatever it is, it, it seems like it's been ongoing now for almost a year. And, like, if we just have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that's exactly right, Scott, and that's that's what I'm saying. So to, to back to Craig's point, to rely on a guy like that, you know, in your setup role, it, it's tough because you know that the talent is there, and he did it as recently as 2018. So it's not like we're that far removed from him being a, a dominant eighth inning guy, but um, and and a good closer for us in years past as well. But yeah, as of right now, I, I tend to agree with Craig. You just can't be trusted in key situations like that. But the problem, of course, comes back to who do we put in that place that we do trust? I mean, that's to me what, what, you know, we're going to have to find an answer to, because um, I don't know that there's another guy uh, again, outside of Josh Hader in that bullpen that you can necessarily trust in big situations like that. We lost a ton of guys from the bullpen that was so great last year, both the injury and just losing guys generally. And um, I don't know who we would replace Jeremy Jeffers with uh, at that, at this point in that role. So let's just, play this fun game. Let's say haters unavailable for whatever reason. And the Brewers have a one run lead in the ninth and you can only use one pitcher. Who do you throw out there? Well, to answer your question, I think council answered it the other day against the Reds when I think he threw Freddie Brault out there, which was kind of a surprise. Um, and he used them again in, a, in ninth and 10th inning, um, I believe against the Cubs on Saturday. So um, those are, I guess, at this point, that would be my guess, but I, I almost think that he should turn to someone like Junior Guerra, maybe even. But um, I don't. I just don't trust like Elbers in that role, and obviously not Claudio. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Even Taylor Williams is back up, but uh, you know, he's, at this point in, a, in the pennant race, I don't think you need to trust guys like that at this point. So yeah, and I think we talked about him a lot. Pretty Peralta is a guy who. Know, like a number of these guys, you've got a ton of talent, but can you rely on him in that role all the time? Now he did get his first save, so so far one for one and successful. But we'll see what happens over a longer sample size. I guess that you, you know, you've kind of identified the problem that Craig Council and David Stearns have obviously seen, um, and they are trying to see what works. And unfortunately, we're doing that in the middle of a pennant race, so that's <laughs> that, that's not where this team wants to be or thought we were going to be. And um, you know, injuries do have a lot to do with it with, you know, both Bobby Wall and Corey Knebel out for the entire season. That definitely is devastating. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess we'll see how pretty Peralta is able to adapt and if that is indeed going to be his goal moving forward. 
Yeah, and then maybe way, his stuff does translate to that role, guys. I mean, maybe it does. I mean, he's a big velocity guy. He doesn't have a ton of pitches, but he's got you know the ability to get strikeouts. I he does kind of fit that closer's role to a degree. And um, one of the only other issue I would throw out there with that though is, is that generally his first inning of work as a starter or as a reliever has been pretty atrocious. When he settles down and, and starts getting results, we just can't have him, you know, having that uh, happen in the ninth inning, obviously, in close games. Yeah, I mean, the two things that you don't want in a closer is control issues and giving up the long ball. And I, giving right. up the long <laughs> ball is, I mean, it's, it's kind of fair to Midland on that, but, like, the control issues, I think, uh, would be the biggest thing that I'm worried about. Um, I guess I also wanted to say in Jeremy Jeffers' slight defense, um, I really thought against that uh, when he was out there with the Reds and the uh, go-ahead run was up in Suarez. Like, I actually thought this might be one of those rare misses where um, Council maybe should have put him on. Um, Just didn't – I don't know. I mean, I I don't see why you'd face a guy like that. I just remember the guy behind him was kind of trash, so – I mean, you don't want to put the tying run on, but at the same time, like it seemed like a much better matchup. Have you guys gotten any insight at all from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, uh, about who he might envision going into that eighth inning role if if it's not going to be Jeremy Jeffers? Has Tom Carter mentioned that at all to you guys? Um, no, he – well, the, he did say that he didn't want us to say his name. Maybe just like Tom C., or okay. Carter, or maybe something like that. Okay. But, so um, not not Tom Carter, but Tom C or T Carter is fine. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. and not both either, because sometimes one of us will say Tom C and one of us will say T Carter, and a lot of our a lot okay. of our listeners are pretty savvy. They can they can put that together. So he, huh. he okay. try to abstain from that as well. But um, huh. to answer your question, he said he didn't have faith in any of them. He said. Uh, whoever it is, he hopes they're not on the roster right now. So, <laughs> fair, fair enough, Tom Carter. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> well, so we have Frey Peralta. I've really turned into quite a big uh, fan of Frey Peralta just because I really believe that he has a really high ceiling and that he could be a potential top of the rotation starter. Or, as Wentz pointed out, it's up to be a great back at the end of the bullpen arm too. But I also agree with Scott that his current lack of control and command is not ideal. You know, you don't want a closer in that could walk the leadoff hitter, uh, so to speak. So, and he actually did that uh, against the Cubs the other night. So, not a huge yeah. fan of him in that role. I prefer, if I had two wishes, it would be that A, Stearns does not uh, sell low, I guess, on Peralta and include him uh, in a non-difference-making deal. Uh, during the trade deadline here. I mean, if it's for Syndergaard or something, then I'll be all for it. But other than that, I really would like him to be kept. And the second wish would be that he is actually transitioned back to starting position role and left in that role uh, to sink or swim, so to speak, because I think that he will eventually swim um, and be available part of the Brewers' future beyond this season. So I guess those are my two wishes for Freddie P. And uh, But we shall see. I I really do think that the Stearns will acquire a starting pitcher and a bullpen arm in the next 48 plus hours before the deadline here. Um, I know we tried to make some guesses last time. For some reason, 
my inclination is that we're going to make a trade with either the Orioles or the Rangers, but again, it's total just speculation. I think that uh, they have got some nice bullpen arms. The Rangers have like Chris Martin. He seems to some, be someone that would be a nice piece, but wouldn't cost too much. Um, the, the Orioles also have a couple of decent bullpen arms we could target. You know, if we get a package deal and their starters that I'm kind of interested in, uh, I think Stearns would be too, would be, as I mentioned last time, Dylan Bundy or uh, from the Orioles or Mike Miner from the Rangers. I just feel like he, his successful season this this year is probably up his price more than what we might want to pay. But I know the Brewers had some previous interest in signing or trading for Mike Miner in the past, so um, I believe he's probably on Stern's radar. Well, let me let me ask you guys this then, uh, Craig, as you kind of uh, summarize. But if you could take you know, any player on any team and add them to the Brewers right now, who would be the one guy, not saying it has to be realistic, but if you could add one piece right now for the deadline this week, uh, who are you going to target? Well, I, I think maybe the question should be from a from a selling team, though, right? Not, not, uh, I yeah, mean, I mean, somebody, somebody, somebody that's available-ish, you know. Yeah, I can't answer and say yeah. uh, Walker Bueller or Max Scherzer or no, something, no. right? Yeah, okay. No. Well, obviously, my, my answer would be Noah Syndergaard. Um, All right. I just ideally I wouldn't want to pay what it's going to cost because apparently there's 16 plus teams that have inquired uh, about uh, about possibly acquiring. I'm sure have offered much better packages than that we are able to. I think it would take if we threw Keston Hira and Freddie Peralta and like our other top three players in the minor leagues. Possibly we'd probably get them to not hang up on us and possibly even go to the forefront with Keston, but I don't want to do that. And I don't think any Brewer fans do either. So I think we're out on him, but that would be an ideal acquisition. Got you. Um, I'd say maybe Derek Johnson. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, when you're looking at arms, I think Thor is probably the guy, but um, I just don't, I, I don't think that we have the, the prospects to be able to do anything like that. I mean, after that, I don't know. I mean, I, I actually heard briefly that the Diamondbacks were shopping Robbie Ray, and he's so cheap that I just, like, he's not getting paid anything yet. So I, I don't even know if that's possible. So I would throw those two out on my, I guess, wish list. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. Uh, I don't know of what you said just to throw out a new name that we haven't talked about i've always liked marcus stroman i think that uh much like the examples that you cited we probably don't have what it's going to take to get him he's obviously you know being actively shot by toronto it looks like um but there are other many other teams that are interested teams like the yankees and uh, san diego and others in the last few days so um not saying it's realistic but i've always liked stroman i think he's got that bulldog mentality on the mound he has uh, he does pitch to contact um, a little bit more than many other ace caliber pitchers, but um, I like him a lot. I think that his stuff would play well as a brewer, but uh, yeah, I'm not saying that that's likely either. Oh, one I'm more name. Just because, uh, just because of the antics today, um, that somebody that they might be looking to move again, uh, possibly Trevor Bauer. Uh, apparently he was mad that he gave up some runs today and they came out to pull him and he just took the baseball and threw it over the center field fence. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in terms of the antics, although the Indians are, what, a game back in Minnesota at this point? They've been playing great the last, you know, five, six weeks. Um, 
yeah, I, I, Bowers is another guy. He's got a ton of talent, but that that <laughs> the, the, the other issues, like you know, maybe kind of like what happened with Matt Harvey. I don't know if he's a bad clubhouse guy, but certainly he's very active on social media. He's been in like literal fights with fans on social media, stuff like the baseball today. I mean, part of that's just from him being a competitor, maybe, but a lot of it's just you know, I think a lot for some fans to, to stomach as well. But uh, you never know. You just never know. But it's just it's not very typical for a team that's a game back to, you know, start trading their best pitchers uh, either. Here's my take on Trevor Bauer. He's a great starting pitcher, terrible rapper, and a less than decent human <laughs> being. So uh, there you go. I'll pass on him. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You can probably get Chris <laughs> Archer for next to nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the least popular bobblehead in uh, Pittsburgh this year, Chris Archer bobblehead day. Um, yeah, the ERA anyway. would certainly fit right in with our current staff, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. Um, hey, so we only have about a minute and a half left, so I did actually just want to say um, that right now we just did a, one of our fun polls on Twitter. And um, they were saying that if the Brewers stood pat at the trade deadline, where where do Brewer fans see them uh, finishing? At 24% still said we're going to win the division, and 40% said we're still going to make the playoffs. They might be looking through there you go. colored glasses there. That's 64% that say we're going to make the playoffs. Uh, 36% say we're going to be uh, left out. So. All right. Good optimism from Brewer fans. And just wanted to throw out a, a thank you again to all of our listeners uh, here on the podcast or followers on Twitter. You can give us a follow at Brew Crew Review 1. Uh, continue to email us your questions. We'll try to get to them on our next episode. Brew Crew Review Podcasts with an S at gmail.com. And Scott, do you want to remind people where they can uh, get the podcast? Although I guess if they're listening to the podcast, they probably already have it. Yeah, they'll figure it out. I, or they already did, actually. Um, three games, yeah. really quick, just throw out a number because we only have like 30 seconds. We got six games, three against at Oakland, and then uh, three at Cubbies, I think, next week, right? Only only two Ooh. against Oakland. Three, three in, four and, two in Oakland, three at Cubs. What? We'll say four and two. Four and two overall. What? No, no. Three and, three and two is what I'll say. We got to win two or three against Cubs, split the series in Oakland. Scotty? Um. I hate to say it, but I'm going to say two and four with the injury rows. Right. Again, we only have five games, guys, but I think. Yeah, huh? <laughs> oh, well, okay. on that note, our expert analysis will continue on our next podcast. Thanks again for listening for our fans. In the meantime, remember to stay classy and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Go Make Brewers. it feel. Dun, 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 dun.